Hi, my name is Enrico Ferri and welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast. We have a passion for worship, whether it's worship leading or just worshiping together with other believers in Christ. And we realize that worship is not just five songs on a Sunday or even just a two-hour worship session, but that worship is a lifestyle where we bring our bodies as a living sacrifice of praise before the Lord on a daily basis. And on this podcast, we share in that manner, whether it's through a song, testimony, teaching, and interviewing other believers and brothers and sisters in Christ. So welcome to this Burning Lamp podcast and enjoy this episode. I've titled uh, uh, this message, um, Take Up Your Positions or Position Yourself. And uh, I'm excited to share this message with you. There's a couple of stories in the Bible that uh, I just love journeying on. And um, one of them is uh, the story of 2 Chronicles 20, where three nations choose to rise up against King Jehoshaphat. And uh, they literally declare war against him. And uh, I'm going to read the story to you and and we're going to break it up a bit step by step. And uh, the reason why I like the story is because I'm a worship myself or a worship leader myself. And um, I just once again, as I read through the story, just realized the power of uh, of worship and what actually happens during worship. And um, so I want to share the story with you. I believe in the season that the enemy wants to silence your voice. I believe that the enemy wants to take your song from you. He wants to stop you from worshiping. And he actually wants to shift your focus away from worshiping Jesus and to worship him, uh, which is not going to happen. You know, the enemy is not a creator. He will just simply throw the same things in front of us the whole time. And uh, some, yeah, most of the, well, sometimes we fall for those things, you know. And uh, I just want to read Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 2 to you. And it says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. So God makes a promise in the season that he will look after us. That He's not saying that we're not going to go through these things, but he is saying that he will never leave our hand, that he is Emmanuel God with us. And... Um, And I hope that encourages you today, and I want to encourage you to always uh, remember that. Okay, let's start off with the story. 2 Chronicles 20 uh, is an amazing story, and uh, I'm going to start from from verse 20. It says, It happened after this that the people of Moab, with the people of Ammon, and others with them besides the Ammonites, came to battle against Josephat. Then some came and told Josephat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from beyond Syria, and they are at Hazazon Tamar. And Joseph had feared and set to seek the Lord, and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah, all of Judah, so that Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord, and from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Verse 5. Then Joseph had stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. So what happens in this moment, a threat comes against the kingdom of Joseph. And Joseph goes and almost alone with God 
seeks his face regarding these things. And now from verse 6, I want to read this to you, 6, 7, 8, and 9, because it's so important what actually happens in this passage as part of the story. So King Jehoshaphat starts speaking to the Lord, and in verse 6 he says the following, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not are you not ruler over all of the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might, so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel, and gave it to the descendants of Abraham for your friend forever? And they dwell in it, and have built you a sanctuary in it for your name. Um, saying, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before the, this temple and in your presence um, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. Um, so what is the powerful, the powerful thing about worship is simply shifting your focus. It's simply shifting your focus from what the enemy is doing and from what you are facing, the battles and whatever threats are coming against you. And it's simply you shift your focus to Emmanuel, God with us. You know, in worship, uh, we always speak about uh, worship ushers in the presence. And it's beautiful because ushers, uh, the word usher actually in, in the dictionary means to welcome someone in and to show them their seat. So it's a beautiful how scripture says that um, God inhabits the praises of his people. He literally comes and he sits in the midst of those who worship him because he loves it when we worship him. And it's so like when we usher him in, we actually welcome him and say, uh, God, come and have your rightful place uh, in this gathering. But the other beautiful thing that worship does, it actually just instantly makes you aware of the fact that God is present, that he is Emmanuel, God with us everywhere. So in this moment, Joseph had speaks to God and the amazing first thing that you need to remember is that worship uh, is agreeing with who God is. In verse 6, Joseph had actually uh, speaks to God and he says, But are you not the God of the heavens? Are you not this mighty ruler of the kingdom of the nations? Um, and then it's beautiful that um, in verse 7, it's important, guys, to always remind yourself in times of trouble or threats to remind yourself of what God has done in the past. It's important to build uh, worship altars, if I can call it that way, things that you can look back on and remind yourself of the goodness and the faithfulness of who God is, because that's just so important, specifically and especially when the enemy brings things against you. And if you come with a thank for it, there's nothing that he can do about it. And then also, what he mentions here is what he's heard about and the testimonies of how God has come through for people. And, um, and that when they call upon his name, that he will hear from heaven and that he will save them. It's important to surround yourself with people who has encouraging testimonies in times of trouble so that you can be encouraged um, and move forward. And uh, so King Joseph had basically agrees with who God is and the greatness of God and what God can do. So just after that in, in verse 10, as we go on with the story, and now here at the people, here are the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and did not destroy them. Um, here they are rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your possession, which you have given us the inheritance of. 
Um, and it's so beautiful what it says in verse 12. Hear what King Joseph had says. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what uh, to do. But, and this is the beautiful part, but our eyes are upon you. This is a beautiful guy. So in this moment, King Jehoshaphat acknowledges the fact that he and the power of his army is not strong enough to, to conquer and to win this battle. He acknowledges that it's not by or through their ability, but it's through God's ability. The scripture says where uh, things are impossible for man, it is, poss it is possible for God. This is such a beautiful uh, declaration that he makes. And then he also says, but our, we don't have the answers for this. We don't have the strength for this, but our eyes, God, are set on you. So beautiful. Um, okay, so in verse 13, now all of Judah with their little ones, their wives, and their children stood before the Lord. In verse 14, then the Spirit of the Lord came upon a young man, um, Yahazil, in the group, um, and he declares the following as God speaks through him, a prophetic word in verse 15. And he said, Listen, all you of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Joseph, had thus says the Lord to you. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God. As you're sitting there, just say to yourself as you listen to this, uh, that the battle is not mine, it is God's. It's so beautiful how um, um, in, in times when I've, I've realized in my own life, in times where I really need him, in times where I really need a breakthrough, it's like... Um, I simply go into a time of worship and I literally just fix my gaze upon him, not doing any warfare, not declaring anything, but just simply looking at his beauty, uh, reminding myself of who he is, of his faithfulness and his strength. And it's amazing how in that time he just reminds me, this battle is mine, it's not yours, your job. And I want you, Enrico, just to focus on me, just to gaze upon me, just to allow my love and my peace to fill your heart and to calm you down. So that you can realize, you know, one of our mentors said one day that we always have one of two choices. I'm not saying that either one of them is wrong, but he said you can either, let's say, for example, you need 50 Rand and you trust in God for 50 Rand. And um, he makes this example. He says you can either pace up and down in your living room, declaring, making warfare, calling this 50 Rand in, which is probably not... Um, not the wrong thing to do, but he says, or you can just make yourself a cup of coffee, go sit on the couch, close your eyes, breathe in deeply and say, Abba Father, you know what I need. I trust you that you would provide according to my every need. You, you say that you will go out before me. You see, it's, the approach is like just simply shifting uh, all of that, all of the weight, all of the whole battle, everything just in his way and say, God, I'm just giving this to you. I know you are faithful. I know that you will come through for me. Um, and then in verse 17, it's so important, as he goes on with his prophecy, this young man, he says, you will not need to fight in this battle. This is powerful. And then he says the following, position yourselves. Say, as you're sitting there uh, or standing or whatever you're doing, say, I must position myself. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go against them for the Lord is with you. This is such a beautiful promise. 
This is such a beautiful promise. As they completely shift their focus to God, God assures them and he says, this battle is not yours. As you go up against them tomorrow, know that I am with you and that this battle is mine. The only thing that you need to do is position yourself and watch the salvation and see what I'm about to do. So it's important, guys, that we need to position ourselves. We need to take God to his word and remind him of his promises, position ourselves and see how God comes through for us. Then in that assembly, as he finishes his prophetic word, um, it's so beautiful how the whole group of them gathering there, they started worshiping. Now, I would like to make this following suggestion that you can't for the first time or you can't worship on the battlefield first. Worship needs to take place in the secret place. Uh, you know, I heard this quote once uh, where someone said that, specifically for a worship leader, you cannot take uh, people to a place you haven't been in the secret place. It's so important, guys, that that worship is not this, um, It's a th it must be a thing that we are familiar with. When we are even on the battlefield, when things are coming against us, and we need to worship and we need to, to shift our gaze and shift our focus. It can't be our first time that we sing a song. That, that needs to flow from out of the secret place, from out of a place of constantly worshiping Him, connecting with Him, count, encountering Him. Because it's in that place where you actually see His face. It's in that place where you, where you actually get to know Him and, and how magnificent He is, how great and how strong and how powerful He is. It's there where you are reminded. So you take that song from out of that place and you sing on the battlefield. And so this is what they did here, even before. And the beautiful other thing that I want to tell you, there's seven types of praises that you get in Hebrew or that is explained. And the one is called Taudah, which means to praise God before the breakthrough. Okay, so after this prophetic word that they got, you know, it's from the Lord and this promise. They still were not sure if that was going to come to pass that following day on the battlefield. You know, they could still have been in doubt and say, no, we're, not, we're still not sure about this. And, but they chose to believe. They chose to put their hope um, in God. They chose to grab hold of the promise that he gave. And in that assembly, the day before the battle, the battle hasn't even started. It, nothing yet. They chose to worship. They chose to praise and worship God before the battle. And I want to encourage you in life, it's so important when you trust in God for a breakthrough, when you trust in God for something, tau da, tau da in that moment and just sing a song of praise. Sing a song of, because that's what faith is, it's believing in what you cannot see. And when we press into that, finally what manifests in the, in the physical is what we've been trusting for in faith and believing and proclaiming. So tau da, worship before the breakthrough. Declare, God, de declare who God is and declare His promises. Say, thank you God that you are for me, not against me. Thank you that greater are you in me than you is in the world. Thank you that you will come through for me. Thank you that you yourself go out ahead of me. Thank you that the battle is not mine, but it's yours. You know, it's, it's, it's so powerful when, when you choose to tau da, um, at the right times. So in, in verse 20, um, it, it goes on and says, So they rose early the next morning and went out to the wilderness. Um, and as they went out, Joseph had stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. So he says here, Believe in the Lord your God, um, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and believe and then you shall prosper. So believe what he just said the day before. Remember, he reminds them of the promise that following day on the battlefield. And he says, 
Guys, I just want to remind you of what the Lord said yesterday. This is what's going to happen today. So in verse 21, it's so beautiful. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were singing, Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Guys, I'm just imagining by myself three nations are pulling up against them. And uh, these three nations are ready. I mean, those guys were trained from from a, a young age to battle, to pick up swords, to, to fight heavily on the battlefield, to kill. And what happens in this moment is that Joseph had, imagine from their angle or from their point of view, they see King Jehoshaphat's army, but suddenly they see these skinny worship leaders with their instruments are taking the front lines. And I can just imagine to myself, they were thinking, oh man, what are those guys doing? Um, we, this is an easy battle for us. They're sending their skinny little uh, musicians and worship leaders, the Levites, out first. What, what are they thinking? You know, I'm just imagining this, and this is all part of God's plan. And the only thing that those Levites, who were also, by the way, trained from a young age to play instruments skillfully, to sing to the Lord, is the only thing that they actually start doing is they start praising the Lord, agreeing on who He is, for His mercies endures forever. Guys, and the next moment, um, these three nations pull up against each other and they start ripping each other apart. They start killing one another. And it's so beautiful how it says that it took them four days. It literally took them four days to clean up the mess, to clean up all the bodies. And uh, they also took all the jewelries, all the jewels, all the valuables they took from, from these bodies and they took it as their own. Um, but literally when those guys started singing, confusion arose in the camp of the enemy. These guys started fighting each other. I can just imagine, I don't know, you know, sometimes you think to yourself, but how is this possible? How does this happen? But yes, it is possible and yes, it happened. Um, that that's the power of, of what happens in the spirit when we choose to incline uh, our ears and shift our focus to the one who this is all about, where we are not shaken about any threats or anything that comes against us. Because God will fight the battle. He will go. Remember, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's, it's against powers and principalities. He's the one that sends out and responds with his angels. Um, to go and attack and confuse those powers and principalities. And literally, there was no scar on one of Josephat's um, soldiers. This is just such a beautiful, powerful story. And then in, in verse 30, at the end of the story, it says, Then the realm of Josephat was quiet, for his God gave him rest all around. You know, I always think if there's one scripture in the season that really sticks with me, it's Philippians 4. Uh, verse 67 where it says instead of being anxious about anything um, with a thankful heart let your request be known to God and then in verse, verse 7 it says and then the peace that surpasses all understanding will fill your heart you know it's in the enemy can do nothing with a thankful heart um, the enemy will will throw things your way constantly but if you constantly respond with a thankful heart you will get fed up and that will that means the every time you withstand and um, those attacks and you do not fall for them and, and cause them to influence you um, it's like literally like the words say when you turn your back on him he will flee from you and that's what a thankful heart does that's why it's important in our journey that we need to cultivate thankful hearts 
because um, this is one of our strongest weapons that we can use. Just imagine every time he throws something in front of you and the only thing you can say, God, thank you that you're so faithful. God, thank you that you are with me. Thank you that you are for me. Thank you that um, you go with me. Thank you that I'm not alone in this journey. Thank you that you fight for me. Thank you for your word and your truth uh, that, that makes me think clearly. Thank you for your peace. I mean, the enemy can do nothing with that, right? Um, and then I quickly just want to share with you, you know, I feel in the season that um, uh, there's people around us who are in bondage. There's people around us who are in chains, who really need a savior, who really needs hope in the season. You know, and it's, I think of the story in, in Acts 16, uh, verse 25, 34, where Paul and Silas are stripped naked. They're beaten, they're thrown in jail just after they delivered a, a, a young woman um, who is a fortune teller and uh, you know she made a lot of money for her owners and they were angry and so Silas and Paul were persecuted but you know it says at midnight in Acts 16 25 it says at midnight they started singing hymns to the Lord and then it says there that the prisoners heard them you know it's so important that in our season in in these times of deep waters and troubles and the shaking in the earth that we should sing in in our darkest moments if we can shift our gaze to the one who is faithful and we can start singing hymns to him the prisoners will listen those around you may not understand what you are doing they may not understand where do you get the power from i mean or the energy or the faith from specifically in these hard times to sing but they are listening and it's so beautiful in that story where it says and an earthquake came and uh, not just their door was broken open but everyone's door uh, was was shaken open, was broken open, and the prisoners were set free. Guys, it's so important that... Um, oh, this is what I want to read to you out, out of Psalms 40, verse 1 to 6, that, that so joins up with this. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. This is so beautiful. A new song on my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. This is what will happen when you sing and when you ask God for this new song. Which I won't say is just always a song. It's, it's a response. It's a lifestyle response. It's a heart response to Him. When you choose to respond to Him with this new song. Those who are in bondage around you. Those prisoners will see and they will fear, and they will start trusting the Lord. And that's what I want to encourage you with. It's so important. Your worship and the way you respond to God in this season, don't just think it's just for yourself. Yes, obviously you're trusting for some breakthrough and and whatever the case may be, but it's such a powerful tool in this time because it will give people around you hope. Why? Because they will see how God comes through for you, and that will be your testimony. And so they will witness that. They will witness and be touched by your testimony. And they will choose Jesus. They will choose God as their Savior. And they will follow Him. So guys, I really, uh, you know, this is a short message. But I really feel that we need to position ourselves. If I think of Moses when he stood in front of the, the Red Sea, that the only thing he had to do was to put his staff into the water. That was the only instruction. And God, God was the one who split the Red Sea. And so in this season, I want to encourage you, just like Moses, just to, to, to position yourself. Just like the army and the Levites of King Jehoshaphat, that whole kingdom, just position yourself. 
and allow God to fight this fight for you. The only thing that you need to do when you position yourself is shift your gaze to Him, look upon Him, um, remind Him of His promises, hold fast to His promises. Just like um, Abraham did in Romans 4, it says that, you know, despite Him, that despite Him knowing that He was old, despite knowing that Sarah was old and like it almost sounded crazy when God gave them the promise that they will have a son, their own son called Isaac. But despite of all that, even though he was old, um, even though it felt like the odds were stacked against him, he kept his faith in the Lord and he held fast to God's promise. And I want to remind you, maybe just go sit down and go write down what God has promised you over the last couple of years. And what of those things have not come into fulfillment yet? I want to remind you to go write down the things that you are thankful for and to pray them on a daily basis. It could be from the basic needs like water and electricity and a warm bed at night or a warm house for us in South Africa. It's winter now. Um, just cultivate that thankful heart. You know, for us as children of God, we should not be moaning and groping and complaining, but we should be thankful and we should constantly remind ourselves and, you know, the moment we remind God of His promises, it's not because He forgets. The moment we, the moment we speak out His names and declare um, who He is, who the characteristics of who God is, it's not because He forgets or because He needs our worship, because He's so insecure. No, the, it, it's, it's the moment we speak that and the moment we sing that, it actually transforms our hearts because we hear, once again, how faithful He is. Um, I really hope that this message has encouraged you. Position yourself, sing to the Lord, agree with who He is, welcome Him into your presence. Make sure and declare and say, God, you are so welcome in my presence. Um, uh, declare those promises uh, uh, over your children's lives, over your, over your wife or your husband's life, over your business. Worship and know that He is the God of breakthrough and that He will cause confusion in the camps of the enemy. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our message today. Remember to press the subscribe button. For more content and resources, visit our Facebook pages at Enrico and Anya Worship and Burning Lamp Ministries. And also remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Enrico and Anya Worship. If you want to come in contact with us, please send us an email to info at burninglampmusic.co.za.